I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to your Friday episode of Private Parts. Yeah. Guys, really excited for today's guest. Um, lots of reasons. We have... Fatima Fats Timbo. Um, Fats is amazing. Fats uh, has dwarfism. She has over 2 million followers on TikTok. She is a social media star. She's written a book. She was on the TV show Undateables. Um, she was an amazing guest to have because we talk about resilience. We talk about what it's like to possibly be seen as different in this world and how you overcome that. We talk about confidence. We talk about dating. We talk about love. We talk about kindness. We talk about so many great things in this episode. And honestly, just a true, warm, amazing spirit. Uh, big thanks for Fats for coming on the podcast. I know you guys are going to love this. Um, also, if you haven't already, just please subscribe to us. We really appreciate it. It takes one second just clicking that button. And it does so much for us. It really does. So thank you so much. Also, we're on social media, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, I was about to say WhatsApp. We don't have a WhatsApp, but we have YouTube. At Private Podcast. Okay, guys. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast, Fats Timbo. Uh, Fats. Hi. Fatima. Yes. I'm going to call you Fatima throughout the podcast. Oh, God. People are going to be like, who's that? <laughs> I don't know who this is. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, so how did you get Fats nickname? So... Everyone in school was mm -hmm. calling me nicknames, right? There was Tim Tim, Timbo. Um, my mum calls me Fetishious sometimes. So I've had a bunch of nicknames, but the one that stuck was Fats. Yeah. And everyone was calling me Fats, like even my siblings, sometimes my dad. So when I created my Insta profile, I was like, everyone calls me Fats. So let's put Fats Timbo together. And now... That's my name. Does anyone everyone. does anyone ever call you Fatima? My mum. When she's cross? When she's mad at me. Really? <laughs> Fatima, Timbo, come here now. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my mum. And some of my, no, no one really calls me no, that. No, no. So wait, how many siblings do you have then? I have four sisters, yeah. one brother. So. Big family. Very big family, too big. All same parents? No, my yeah. parents were playing the field before they got together. Okay. So had two kids each. And then when they got together, they had three together. So my dad's had um, three wives. Really? Yeah. How many kids? Uh, 40. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> he's, had, um, he's had seven kids. Really? Six kids. What's it like growing up in a big family? Oh, I don't know if it's a good thing. I was talking about this the other day. I'm like, uh, in my family, there were, so my dad had his first marriage and their two sisters from that, Tasha right. James. And then married, my, divorced her, married my mum, had my brother, me, my little sister. So I was second bottom. Okay. Second bottom, I think, is tricky. Why? Why would you say okay. that? You're turning this interview on me and I like it. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it's tricky because uh, you have to be loud. 
and, and to, to be, be heard. heard, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was constantly wanting to be heard all the time. Watch right. me, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me, which is not good then for when you get older for like wanting yeah. validation and all that kind of stuff. I understand that. I think being like the middle youngest, it's like, okay, I need to be seen. I need to be heard. Mm. I need to be that person. So yeah. You Where are you of, in the packing foot? I feel like I'm just in the middle. Okay. It's just in the middle. But I'm the oldest out of my parents kids so yeah. it's kind of like when i'm with my other siblings i'm like the young one but when i'm with my younger ones yeah i'm the oldest i have to take responsibility so i think i've got two sides to me where i can be laid back and look be looked after and the other side is taking charge so i feel like that kind of benefits me in a way can you be quite um bossy bossy yes you can very bossy they hate it they hate me sometimes and my boyfriend absolutely hates me for it but i'm bossy because um there's half not half the things but so there's some things i just can't do for myself mm. so i just boss my siblings and my boyfriend and my family around to help me get stuff even strangers i'm like in the supermarket everything i want is in the top shelf why i don't know but I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, can you help me? Excuse me, I need to get the beans on the top shelf, you know. That so. must give you confidence though as well. Yeah, it has to. It, it has, has to. to you have to be confident, right? Yeah, you have to be confident or I won't eat. I won't be eating. <laughs> well, I won't get my favourite tin of beans. I won't get my, like, I have to get what I want. <clears throat> In fact, tell me, so your story is amazing and, and I knew we were having this chat so I, I, we were just looking at all the things you've done. Can you explain to the audience, and because I, I don't want to pronounce it, you, your condition that you have? Achondroplasia. Achondroplasia. Yeah, you, you said it right. Snap. Yes. Snap. So it's, it's a type of dwarfism, yeah. right? And it happens in one in 30,000 births. So my parents... High? No, it's That's very rare. High. It's very rare. Okay. So my parents, it was a shock to them. They were, they were like, oh my God, this is so random. <laughs> we have a child <laughs> with dwarfism, what the hell? So, um, yeah, they just had to learn to adapt to my condition and they had no idea what it would entail. They just had to roll with the punches. So um, with dwarfism, it basically stunts your growth. And I have a normal size torso, right? Mm -hmm. But my limbs, because of the cartilage, cartilage is what um, builds your bones. Yeah. So I don't produce as much cartilage as an average height person. That's pretty much it. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's funny, though, because I was looking into it and it, it's sometimes described as... Well, one would say, you go, okay, it's a disability, right? Yes. Would you describe it as a disability? Yes, because of the world I'm in. If I was in a world where everything was, you know, for little people or, sure. or I could reach everything, then I wouldn't be disabled. But because I'm in a world where it's average height people, it's catered to average height people, I have to ask for help for so many things, then it disables me. You know, like a lot of people say, but you're not disabled. You can walk, you can do this. But I struggle, you know. I, I, I almost wasn't going down that route. I was more saying that if sometimes with a disability, people may interpret that as a negative, if that's fair. Yes. But but you, I'm, I'm imagining, you wouldn't say it's a negative. No. So, yeah, exactly. Not at all. It's just something, 
I just can't do, but I work my way around it. That's it. So when you were younger and, and, it, and it, your parents found out that you had the condition, how how does that manifest itself? How does that, you can straight away at birth know that happens? You can find out even before birth. Really? So my mom and dad found out at six months because um, as they were doing the scans, right, they were noticing that I wasn't growing the normal rate as a baby. Mm. So they were doing more tests, more and more tests. And at six months, they said, your kid will either have Down syndrome or dwarfism. Do you want to abort your baby? <gasps> Literally. Get out of here. Yeah. No yeah. ways. Yeah. Wait, hang on a second. So people get given that option? Yeah. At six months. They do. How many weeks is that? Um, uh, Maths. Four times Six. Six, 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 twelve, eighteen. And my brain is just like. Is it twenty-four? Yeah. Okay, twenty-four weeks. Thank you. Thank you, my brain. It's my accountancy (laughs) covering as well. (laughs) That is insane. Yeah, it is. It's very upsetting. It is very upsetting, but I'm glad my parents, you know, obviously didn't do it. My mum, she said that she just had this connection with me before I was born, and was like, I already loved you before. Yeah, I was like, Mom, stop it, stop. <laughs> you made me cry. Yeah, so she was like, I already loved you before you came out. Like, you know, I, I she was just like, she just couldn't, you know. This is a huge topic and and maybe, and look, I, 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 maybe it's a wrong thing to even discuss, but it does sort of question the idea of then, does your opinions of abortion change? Um, The thing is, people have abortions for different reasons, sure. right? You know, Sometimes you could be super young and, you know, need an abortion. Yeah, whatever. Or you have too many kids and, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, make me think whoever does have an abortion is a bad person or whatever. It's just the choice that the person makes or the couple makes. So um, I respect my mum for keeping me. You Mm. know, she could have not kept me and been scared. People were telling her, um, you know, you're cursed, um, you're a witch. What? Um, yeah, in African culture, if you have, like, a disabled child, you're seen as a witch or seen as cursed. And, you know, she didn't listen to that whatsoever, so... Is your mum spiritual? She is spiritual. So that's tough as well, to yeah. be told that. That's really tough. Really tough, so... Wow, strong, strong woman. She is. Very strong woman, so... That's amazing. It, it's, you know, it, that, it it's funny, right, because... I suppose also we've had, I've had loads of conversations with people like this. As kids, when we're growing up, we kind of all just want to fit, fit in. in. Yeah, fit in. That's all we want to do. We'll wear the clothes that everyone's wearing. We will listen to the music, even if we hate it, because that's what we're listening to. We just want to fit in. And I imagine for you, it was quite hard to fit in just because of your yeah, condition. Cause, was cause that tricky? Very tricky because, you know, I'm, I'm growing up. I want to be just like everyone else, but I physically can't. Like, I physically can't. No matter what I do, I'm going to be looked at. I'm going to be stared at. People are going to make comments. People are going to ask me why I'm so small. So that really affected my confidence so much. But at the same time, it forced me to be different. Like, because I'm different anyway, stand out. Be yourself, be that person. And my parents always encouraged that in me. So let's say music would turn on and I start dancing. They'll tell me, Fatima, you're really good at dancing. You need to keep dancing. So I'd go to dance, I'd go to um 
African hall parties and start dancing and everyone would stare at me and I'm the, the star of the show. So they put me into dance school and I think that really helped with my confidence because anytime I'd show that talent off, everyone would forget I'm small. They'll just see my dancing. Yeah. And that was a great feeling for me because they're not staring at me because I'm small. They're staring at me because I've got talent, you know? So standing out was hard at first, but I think now it's like... You know, I am unique. No no one is like me. And you can, you always remember me. Everyone always remembers me. And it's a great feeling, to be honest with you. I hate, I hated the fact that I was different, but now I'm like. When did that switch in your mind? And that, because that mindset is so great. Because you do, you, you give over this amazing confidence, which, like, I think we all sometimes struggle with confidence, right? Yes. Imposter syndrome, anxieties, insecurities, whatever it is. And confidence is such a big thing nowadays. Like, be confident who you are. Right. When did that change for you? And how do you, is it a, is it a, a sort of constant te- coaching yourself? I'm confident, I'm confident, I'm this, I'm Yeah, that. it is a constant coaching because I do have down days. I do have times when, like, the discrimination or abuse from people is too much like on the street um and sometimes I'll just come home bursting out crying and then I'm like no I'm actually a bad B I'm actually a bad B I'm confident I'm this I'm that so it's constant coaching as well like even just in school, quickly bad B yeah bad B what is a bad B um you said, like you, bad said I could, you, you said I could swear so I'm gonna say bad bitch <laughs> oh there we go yeah <laughs> I was like I'm a bad B yeah so I was trying to censor myself but bad bitch that's what it, that's what it means yeah so I'll tell myself no I'm a bad bitch okay I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm beautiful. You've done this. You've done that. You've got amazing parents. Like, I just remind myself of those things. So I always tell people if they feel low about themselves, they need to fake it till they make it. They need to lie. I felt like I was lying to myself, especially at the beginning, especially when I was doing modeling and stuff. I was like, I don't even look like a model, but I'm going to try it. So let's give it a go. That's, that's amazing. That's what helps. It's true. I, I agree with you. You know, I think we all go through struggles. I, I saw this thing the other day. Someone said, well, everyone has a boulder. We all have these boulders that we're pushing up, whatever that is. Some right. family issues, life issues, insecurities, whatever it is. Um, but we have to almost lie to ourselves. Yes. We have to say, I'm okay. I'm this. I'm good. Pushing that, pushing, keep pushing that boulder up. Because if you let go, it will roll on top of you and you'll start at the bottom again. You have to almost keep saying those affirmations to yourself all the time. Exactly. And Bernard Boy said, I've... I've watched an interview of him saying that, you know, we are our ships, right? And the people that give their opinions and talk and stuff, like, that's the water trying to get into the ship. And if you let the water in, you sink with them. And I thought, wow, that's that makes so much sense. Mm. Like, you've got, you've got to just let, not let the water out, but you just can't bring it in at all. You can't bring all. it in. I saw, I saw this other one from, I think it was Steve Harvey. Like, you know, Steve oh. Harvey, that guy who does yes. like family board. He said this great thing. He said that um, we're like rockets, right? And right. We, we go into outer space. You know, when rockets, things drop off from the sides. People in life are going to do that to you because they can't go to the place that you want to go. And that's okay. You got to keep going where you're True. going. And I was like, that's facts. That is freaking. Yeah. I, I love say. these sayings because it to reminds say that's me. Cap, but I didn't mean that. <laughs> what does that mean? That's cap. Cap means that's a lie. <laughs> so that's not cap. <laughs> that's cap, everyone. No, like if I said, oh, like 
my hair is blonde or something, you, you can tell me. That's Cap. Yes. <laughs> I, thought, yeah. I thought that's Cap, man. Is that's cool? No, no, no. <laughs> it means it means that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Just talk to me quickly about, you said sometimes on the street, you have people in the public can... Say things. Mean, yeah. How does what? How, what? What do you mean by that? So uh, there's been times when people shout out midget. Oh, you effing midget! Like, what did I do to you? <laughs> so yeah, literally as a child, um, as a teenager, sometimes it's happened a few times as an adult as well. Or be like, especially, especially when people are in groups. Oh my god, the confidence is at ten. So when they're in groups, they're like, oh my God, look at her, look at her. And they're all laughing and it's like, I'm on my own here. Like, this is so, why would you do that to someone? I would never dream of doing that to someone. But if if that if that's to happen today, I literally don't even think twice because I, I'm so strong in myself and so strong in my confidence and what I've done in my life. I'm just like... Whatever. It brushes off. It brushes off, seriously. But when I was younger, it was like, go home crying all the time. Do you remember a moment which was really bad? I don't want to bring you back to sort of a, a dark place. Um, probably when I was in school. I talk about it in my book, Main Character Energy. You can I know, get it I from Amazon. It. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> quick plug in. Yeah, so in school, I think it was this was after school, these group of boys, I don't know why they thought it was funny to pick me up and put me in an industrial bin and lock me in there and then hold it down and I'm trying to get out. I was crying. I was like, get me out, get me out. And luckily, um, one of the girls from my year group actually got me out. So that was very, very traumatic. And That's horrendous. Yeah, it was horrible. I will always remember it like, like it was yesterday, you know, so. Have you ever seen those kids again? Um, one of them actually DM'd me. I and said, and said sorry. <laughs> no, they didn't say sorry. They said, oh, you look beautiful. And I was like, I'm not going to say his name. A, A, um, you, do you remember bullying me? And then he was like, oh, I was young. Okay. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Scarlett Moffat told me a story once where she was bullied um, at school and she was in... Iceland, I think it was a the supermarket, and she went round an aisle and she saw the person who used to bully her. Wow. She was with her daughter, and she straight away went back to that inner child, sort of freak out, get really nervous. And this person walked straight up to her and said, "Oh my god, Scarlett, hi! Oh my god, we're such big fans. She just come out the jungle, such big fans at school, and was telling her daughter how they were such good friends at school." And Scarlett said to her, "You made my life hell." And I hope your daughter never has to go through what I went through because of you. Dropped her shopping, walked out. And she said it was the most powerful moment that she finally confronted. That. Yeah, it was insane. 
it's amazing that that karma turns around yeah and that people do these bad things and and it does it turns it on its head it really does it really does and i'm sure they're looking at me now like oh wow i can't believe fats has turned her life around or i can't believe when i bullied her like she's not in the gutter i don't know what people think when they're bullying people maybe they want to feel good about themselves or maybe because they're insecure and they want to pick out someone else's insecurities who knows but people do it in group that group wolf mentality yes is tough and people do it because they either get kudos within the group or they think it's funny yeah, or they whatever think it's it is funny. and it is it's all based on insecurities put them by themselves and they're weak right they have to hunt in packs yeah it's bad but did you know you were always going to be a star did you yeah. have this in your head yeah <laughs> not joking yeah no no so i had this feeling i had this feeling that because i've gone through so much in my life mm. um more than the average person not saying you know like I deserve it more than average person. But I felt like I'm going to have to share my story one day and that's what's going to make me that star, you know? Mm. So I'm not going through this for no reason. One day I'm going to be that girl. So, um, yeah, now I am. So that's crazy. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you honestly, I mean, it's firstly, you've got over 2 million followers on TikTok. Your Instagram is popping. You've written a book, which you can get on Amazon. We're going to talk yes. about that. Or Waterstones. Yeah, or Waterstones. <laughs> you, you've, you've done two podcasts. You've got a podcast going at the moment. You've done TV shows. Uh, you, you're a model. You, you, you're in Vogue. Yes, I'm in Vogue. I'm in Vogue. You're in Vogue 2023. Yes, crazy. So talk to me about modeling, how that came about, and how Vogue came. So I think modeling was probably the start of my journey in terms of social media because when, when one day I was randomly scrolling and this company called New Nude were asking for different types of models. So whether you had dwarfism or albinism or um, whatever condition. What's albinism? Albinism when you have uh, skin, when your skin pigment. Um, yeah, the, the pigmentation is different, yeah, right? Yeah, it's different. So I was thinking, okay, you're calling my name. I've always wanted to do something like this. And one before this, one time my mum tried to get me into a modelling agency. It was one of those ones where you give money, nothing happens. Bit of a scam, but anyway. Sorry, wait, you can't brush over that. You give? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. Like, it's one you of, give it was, money? Yeah, you give money for like a photo shoot and they say they're going to put you in their books. Nothing happens. So, yeah. Sorry, that is a complete scam. Yeah, it was. It was a scam. What? It was a bit of a scam. So my okay. interest for modelling was there Yeah. <laughs> beforehand. And I thought, okay, let me apply. Let me send my form or whatever. And then they called me back and they said, oh, we'd love for you to come to the casting call. So I go there and I see I'm the only little person there's only one girl with albinism. There's one girl with alopecia and everyone else has maybe an invisible disability or their average height, you know, or normal as most people would call it. So I thought, oh my God, this is so nerve wracking. I've never done anything like this. This is scary. I go in now, there's judges and they ask me about confidence. They ask me about, oh, how do you feel about doing an underwear shoot? I was thinking, underwear? 
oh, yeah, it's amazing. I'd love to do it. Inside, I was like, oh, my God, underwear. What the hell? I've never done anything like this before. So um, I gave it a try. And, uh, yeah, so they accepted me. They said that they would love for me to be on the campaign. And, yeah, it went really, really well. At first, it was super nerve-wracking. Of course it, it is. Like, you're, you're, you're being... That's exposed exposed yeah. and vulnerable and very all these things but i felt so liberated afterwards and i thought to myself this is what i want to be doing this is this is how i want my life to be like i want to do things like this on a regular basis i don't want to be an accountant oh my god no you <laughs> so, keep going back to, were you did you yeah, train, you I, trained actually, to, I trained to be an accountant yeah really i got a first class degree as well and you couldn't do six times four i couldn't do it for a second <laughs> i'm sorry my brain just froze <laughs> i haven't done maths in so long six times four if you're an accountant <laughs> with a first please please oh my god let's 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 forget about that one okay no, i'm gonna clip that up <laughs> <laughs> I, that's how long it's been I haven't trained my work but anyway yeah I don't want to I didn't want to do accountancy at the time I'd rather do modeling it's more fun mm. so I posted the picture that I did from the campaign on Instagram yeah blew up went insane like I think I got like 2000 at the time I had like 500 followers okay 500 followers yeah. to 2000 likes out of nowhere and getting maybe 2,000, no, 1,000 followers a day for like a week. Really? Yeah. It just went that quickly. It went so quickly. Oh, my God, you're represented. Oh, my God, I love this representation. Oh, my God, this is so beautiful. So. Wow. Yeah, that was because crazy. You, because you became a voice? Yes. I didn't realise. I didn't realise I was becoming a voice. I didn't realise... I was representing for the underrepresented. I did it for myself at the time. And then I realized I could do this for other people. Oh my God, like, let me keep this going. Let me keep posting every day. Let me build a community. Um, and yeah, from there, I just started building a following on Instagram and just keep keeping that steady following going up and making my, the followers that are there, like happy with my work and my content. So it wasn't about like, because nowadays content creation has changed, like it's an yeah, actual it's, it's, career now. Totally. But back then it was for me to build a community so that I can speak for the unheard in a way, you know? It's funny, We I, I do, we're doing a series on this, which we're partnered with Candy Can Love, which is my sweet company. And we're talking to people from the LGBTQ plus community. And the one thing that keeps coming up is the fact that there were, when they were growing up, they never, they couldn't relate to anyone. Yeah. There, there was no one that they looked up to. And so no one in their community, they could say, oh, I'm like that, I'm like that. And perhaps you had that same. And when yeah. you talk about misrepresental, or, you know, do you feel like within the media and entertainment industry that you're a minority? Yes, definitely. The fact that all I could see little people in were like, Umpa Lumpers and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Um, in Snow White, identified as sleepy, sneezy, grumpy. I'm all of those things. I'm not one of those things, okay? And then... And then I never even thought of it. <laughs> yeah, I never even thought of it like that. Literally. And, you know, we're just seen as jokes, like not serious human beings. We weren't even seen as human beings, to be honest with you. 
So explain that more. What do you mean by that you really felt that not at all. Like people just look at me like, oh, oh my God. You know? And when you're watching stuff and then we're not even real main characters in any sort of thing. So when I see Peter Dinklage in in Game of Thrones and when I'm seeing other little people in like EastEnders, I'd feel represented. Like I felt like, oh my God, they're showing real real little people doing real life things and having real emotion, you know? Mm. So now it's it still needs obviously a lot of work, a lot of improvement, but I'm I'm one of those people that are, you know, putting us in the forefront and showing that we're just as human as everyone else. Guys, that is the end of part one. All you gotta do is go and click over to part two and you can hear the rest of the episode with Fats Timbo. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.